0: Hey, listeners, just a reminder that the history of everything sex is for mature audiences, so listen with discretion. And don't forget, we're ready for suggestions, ideas, stories, whatever you want to tell us. Just email us at thehistoryofsexpod at gmail.com. Thanks!
1: Good evening, Terry.
0: Good evening, Melinda. How are you this fine Sunday evening?
1: I am doing quite well. How are you? I'm doing okay. Doing good. 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 Yep. It's a beautiful evening to record an episode.
0: It is. I'm excited.
1: Would you like to say you're welcome?
0: Sure. Welcome to the history of everything sex. Butcha, butcha, butcha. Felt like a commercial. Commercial. A jingle. A jingle, jingle.
1: that's the word, a jingle. A jingle, Um, I'm sorry. Long ago, really, which means not so long ago, a couple months ago, Mm -hmm. I remember you telling me, actually, I think you asked me, you said, do you know what it means for someone to get snatched? (laughs) And I immediately thought someone was getting kidnapped. Kidnapped, right. And I said, I don't think so. And you explained Uh to me that, you know, what it meant to get snatched. Yes. Which how would you ex well, how would you define getting snatched?
0: I would define getting snatched. Um it's typically like a Brazilian butt lift and tummy tuck. Mm-hmm. And so they got the pating and the pachow.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. You know what I mean? That's and actually a really good yeah. Yeah. A,
0: people can can picture paching and pachow.
1: They can, as a matter of fact, yeah.
0: BAM. Well, well, on today's. Right. Yeah.
1: On today's episode, we are going to dive into the history of breast augmentations and BBLs, BBLs Brazilian yes. butt lifts.
0: Nice. Good. Yes. I'm going to take some notes. so that There I
1: can, you go. As
0: soon as I but, got the money.
1: <laughs> but before we actually discuss plastic surgery, uh-huh. I thought it would be helpful if we actually start by looking at what has been considered desirable as far as women's body shapes through the years, as well as some theories on why these shapes were desirable?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so good to know. Yeah. We're
1: taking a field trip through time. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So 3,000 years ago in ancient Egypt. The women who were most attractive to men had slender, narrow shoulders, Mm -hmm. a high waist, and a symmetrical face was very important. Mm -hmm. From about 750 to 450 BC in ancient Rome, also narrow shoulders, but with wide hips, long legs, and a slim but muscular physique were all the rage. Okay, Around 500 BC... In ancient Greece, men started wanting a more plump, full-figured woman with white, pale skin, and during this era, there was actually more focus on the beauty of men. So it Mm. wasn't so much, oh, beautiful women, beautiful women. It was beautiful men, and then there just happened to be women around, you know? Right. Well, we're talking about Greece, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The Greek Uh gods. Yeah. So, sadly, that only lasted about 300 years. Um, And then the beginning of the 200s AD, the Han Dynasty of China, they preferred slim women with long black hair, pale skin, large eyes, and red lips, Mm -hmm. definitely with tiny feet, which is still the desired trait even now in the Chinese culture. Mm -hmm. Around the 15th century, the Italian Renaissance emerged, and the hot chicks were those who had Big boobs, big bellies, full hips, light Mm -hmm. skin, and light-colored hair. The size of a woman reflected the status and wealth of her husband. So if you are well-fed, your husband must be making good money. I like that, actually. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In the 16th century, the artist Peter Paul Rubens painted portraits of voluptuous, full-figured women, complete with cellulite. And the Rubenesque figure became popular. Hmm. This shape remained desirable for hundreds of years. And even in the Victorian era of the 1800s, heavier women were attractive. Though the cinched waist became fashionable, corsets were used to give ladies that hourglass shape. Mm -hmm. The tighter up. Right. The tighter the better.
0: You ever worn a corset?
1: No, but I've worn like the bustier type thing.
0: Yeah, I've never done either.
1: So uncomfortable. Yeah, they just
0: look so uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The roaring 20s in America started the trend of skinny, boyish looking females being the look, flat chest, no real waist to speak of, no real curves at all, along with short bobbed haircuts. Mm -hmm. Even brawls were made to flatten the chest. Huh. And this is known as the first eating disorder craze. Uh, girls and women were starving themselves to be that skinny. Eek. This was the You're flapper right. girl era. Yeah. yeah. So the 20s were like the flapper girl era where they wore those straight dresses and it didn't show. It like the
0: fringe. Yeah. Yes. It was kind of like a, a potato sack. Exactly. A potato sack. Yeah. Exactly.
1: But then through the 30s, 40s, and 50s golden age of hollywood curves came back large breasts even cone-shaped boobs Mm. slim slim waists and round butts were considered attractive think marilyn monroe jane russell Mm -hmm. and of course the barbie doll which had just come out in the 50s okay now as the 50s ended and the 60s began the trend surged Back toward the skinny again.
0: Skinny, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Long skinny legs, tiny no midsections. <laughs> yep. Small boobs, back to that young boy look. Now by the eighties, there was a shift toward a more toned woman, still thin, but athletic and healthy looking. Mm-hmm. And this was the second wave of eating disorders among women. Gotcha. The nineties, once again, valued thinness. Waif thin, like Kate Moss, who was actually right. nicknamed the waif. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the epitome of the 90s perfect shape, super skinny with nearly see through skin right. and no curves at all. And it this was called sick. Like, yes. Yeah. It was called heroin chic. That's what I was going to say. Yes. Yeah. like they on heroin. The current era is known as the <laughs> postmodern beauty era. And the most desirable shape now is the body of Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, like that little itty bitty waist, big breasts, big round butt, plus the thigh gap, which I don't know how you're getting all that, but whatever. Right, right. And don't forget that healthy, flawless skin. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, nothing, nothing that every girl can't just get every day when she's, you know, working her ass off. So... Whether men desired curves or a slim build throughout history is thought to mainly be subconscious and innate. In some time periods, women who had more weight on them were considered healthy and well-off. It takes money to eat and lots of money to eat lots of food. Mm -hmm. And poor women were hungry and skinny. So, you know, you would think, oh, you got some weight on you. You must be doing pretty well in life. (laughs) Right. You know, taking care of yourself. Now, during times of feminist activism and when women were attempting to increase their independence, females tended to rebel by becoming the anti feminine, more masculine type. Since men had been the more respected, stronger sex, women took on the shape and look that was more in line with them. And maybe they also wanted to stop giving those nasty men something to drool over. Yeah, you know, so we don't want to accentuate our busts and our butts so that you can just stare at us all the time. Right. But throughout history, the overwhelming majority of cultures and eras have placed the highest mate value on women with lower BMIs, thinner waists, and a more hourglass shaped physique. So let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. There is some pretty good data associating fertility with the shape of women. One example is polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. So women with PCOS typically have a hard time getting pregnant. Because of how the syndrome affects people, women who have PCOS have a particular body shape. They're like almost not not always, of course, mm-hmm. but Typically, they are overweight with more fat around the midsection, a traditionally less attractive body shape to men. Overall, obesity in general decreases a woman's fertility. Hmm. So, yeah, so there's some theory that that's why men are less attracted to heavier women is because they're less, and like I said, subconsciously. Right, right, right. So here's an interesting little bit for you. All right. This is all, this is a, a big, long quote. Okay. And uh, from a study, a good study. An hourglass physique with a low waist to hip ratio represents a first pass filter in women's mate value, unambiguously signaling youth, health, and fertility to men. Low waist to hip ratios are associated with menarche, which is when you first start your period, with normal menstrual and ovulatory cycling, with levels of steroid hormones associated with natural fertility, with fecundity independently of overall body fat, and because the hourglass physique usually wanes with age and toward menopause. Hmm. So men see a particular shape And somewhere in their brain, it's like, oh, you have my baby. You will have babies, many babies for me. Right, right, right. Yeah. So also a smaller waist to hip ratio is said to give a woman more stable center of gravity when she's pregnant, which I Hmm. thought was interesting. I never thought of that before. Yeah. All right. Now here's another interesting tidbit that I found. And this one kind of made me say, hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. The total amount of fat on a human female is seven times that of any other animal, except for bears that are about to hibernate, mm-hmm. penguins facing a sunless winter without food, <laughs> and whales swimming in the Jeez. Arctic waters. So the only thing fatter than us chicks right. are hibernating These bears. Are-
0: <laughs> are big animals, well not a penguin but that are trying yeah. to stay warm. Bears and whales, you know. <laughs> They've you know outdone I themselves. Think I think I think that I think that animals would look at us and be like I I don't blame you. You got to right. stay warm.
1: Right, exactly. You know, we don't have houses with heat. Well, yeah. Right. Now, when women's overall body weight changes, it's the fat above the waist that tends to increase and decrease, while the fat in the hips and the thighs tend to remain the same. And this, again, is supposedly in the research. So I kind of mm-hmm. thought, what in the world? But well, I'll just go with it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The only time women lose fat in the hips and thighs is late in pregnancy and when they're breastfeeding. Why? Because apparently we store DHA in the fat of our hips and legs. And DHA is an important component in the development of a baby's brain. Hmm. So it's, we store it, we don't lose it. And then when we have a baby, we use that DHA, meaning the fat in Mm -hmm. our lower half of our body to help that baby have a better brain. And I shit you not, it said in the research that this is why your first baby is smarter than each sub- subsequent baby because you use so much DHA on the first baby that you have less of it to give each baby after.
0: <laughs> uh, it, is that what you find though?
1: When it's you not think of that, no. right? That's not it
0: for my no family. You yeah. know what I mean? And there's it- nothing against
1: exactly i'm not saying my oldest is the dumbest i'm just saying there's a lot of families out there where you know that's not how it seems to be but right right i just thought well shit (laughs) i used up all my good stuff on the first one so all the rest of them are just going to be ding-dongs right yeah i don't know that's crazy just have one kid (laughs) i guess (laughs) okay now furthermore and you'll love this women who are short and Mm -hmm. have more fat around the waist Mm -hmm. tend to have larger babies but smaller pelvises leading to more deaths of offspring at birth really yeah so and i will now i will say as a labor and delivery nurse for 10 years back in the day there would be certain women that came in and i could look at them and go she's gonna be a c-section and i wasn't always right right and it wasn't the size of the person but you maybe no it was i mean it was the shape like the shape of the person shorter, heavier, like big boned girls Uh tended just not to not have the right kind of pelvis to deliver vaginally. I think maybe
0: then I was I guess I was lucky
1: because you were always short, weren't you? I was always short. I'm big boned. (laughs) I don't know about that, but short, short for sure. So, yeah, overall throughout history, Social and cultural thoughts, beliefs, and ideas have influenced what people of the time regarded as attractive and what men most looked for in a mate. Finally, this brings us to the subject of plastic surgery. Finally. Mm -hmm. So we will start with breast enlargement or breast augmentation. Mm -hmm. In the 50s, when Marilyn and Barbie were so idolized, women started wearing falsies. Which I thought falsies were false teeth. Silly me. I thought falsies
0: were false eyelashes.
1: Okay. Well, apparently in the 50s, they were brawls that you were stuffing. Oh, okay. (laughs) Stuffed brawls. Now, the first breast implants were sponges, which surgeons inserted into the boobs. But while these initially looked good, the sponges eventually started to shrink and harden And they ended up just looking and feeling like baseballs, Hmm. like a rock in a sock, you know? Mm -hmm. In Japan, doctors injected silicone into women's breasts to make them larger. Hmm. As this was just after World War II, there was going to be more in person business meetings between the US and Japan. And the Japanese wanted the women of their country to look more attractive to Americans. Unfortunately, the procedure had a nasty result called silicone rot yes yes so apparently gangrene would set oh in God. at the site of the infection or i'm sorry of the injection so that wasn't uh, any no good that's awful let's not be having gangrene boobies no that then right and ugly yes then in 1962 surgeons frank grow and thomas cronin were hanging out when Frank was fucking around with a bag of blood to be infused, when he commented to Thomas that the bag felt like a boob. Eureka! (laughs) From this, the guys developed the silicone breast implant. Now they just needed to test it. So, they chose their first guinea pig, well, actually, guinea dog, Esmeralda the dog, had a silicone implant placed under the skin of her chest the pup was put in the care of a junior resident named thomas biggs and all went just great for a few weeks but when esmeralda succeeded in chewing through her stitches the implant was removed but the doctors were really excited now it was time for a human experiment i mean patient (laughs) so enter timmy jean Lindsay, a 30 year old mother of six who had decided to have a tattoo removed from her chest in the spring of 1962. When she went to Jefferson Davis Hospital in Houston, Texas, Dr. Gareau and Cronin asked her if she'd be willing to be the first patient to undergo a new procedure where silicone implants would be used to enlarge her breasts. Her answer was she'd much rather have them do something to make her ears less sticky-outy stating that they stood out like Dumbo. The docs struck up a deal. They would do both. And so, during a two-hour operation that day, Timmy Jean became the first woman to have silicone breast implants. Hmm. Timmy is now in her 80s, and she has never regretted the implants that bumped her from a B-cup to a C-cup, although she does admit to some sagging over the years. The following year, after Timmy's operation, in 1963, Dr. Cronin presented to the International Society of Plastic Surgeons in Washington, D.C. Over the 60 years since then, improvements have been made on the original implants, making them safer and rupture-proof. There originally were four sizes, petite, small, medium, and large. Now there are over 450 varieties. Besides implants being inserted for cosmetic reasons, they are also used for many reconstructions of breasts after mastectomies mm-hmm. and when trans females have top surgery. <laughs> Breast augmentation is the second most common is the second most common plastic surgery in the world, second only to what you think? Nose jobs. No, good guess though. Mm.
0: Uh facelift. <laughs>
1: liposuction
0: oh liposuction oh yeah yeah. Makes no sense. yeah
1: yeah now let's move on down to the booty let's get okay. to the booty okay that big old booty that big old booty let me introduce you to Sir e- you know i thought about it but <laughs> we're gonna call him something else no okay uh, let me introduce you to evo Helsio hardim de campos Pitongi. It's easy for you to say. Yeah, we're not going to use that whole big long name. Okay. Um, Evo was Evo. was born July 5th, either 1923, 1926, or 1928, depending on who you ask. Okay. In Beto Horizonte, which is a city north of Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. He was one of five children born to Maria and Antonio. His father was a general surgeon. When Dr. Pitongi was ready to embark on his training as a surgeon, he traveled to the great hub of cosmetic surgery, Cincinnati, Ohio, (laughs) where he studied under Dr. J.J. Longacre at Bethesda North Hospital. Oh, look at that. Oh, I was so like dumbfounded when I saw that because I worked there for 10 years. Right. Yeah. It's right up the street. And I'm like, it is. Uh, later, he trained in Paris, France, and then later in the UK before returning to Rio, where he worked as a trauma surgeon before opening a center strictly for plastic surgery in the Santa Casa da Misericordia Public mm. Hospital. Okay. Now, there was a tragic fire at a local circus in 1961, which left many young kids disfigured from burns, and Dr. Pitongi performed skin grafts and other plastic surgery to help the victims regain their, quote-unquote, normal appearance. Mm -hmm. And this was when the doctor realized that looks and mental well-being were not unrelated. So... In 1964, Evo published an article discussing his technique for lifting and toning the butt. Butt implants were first documented in 1969 when Dr. R.J. Bartles used a silicone breast implant to correct a butt cheek that had somehow lost its musculature. The first cosmetic butt implant surgery was in 1973 by Koch and Ricketson. <laughs> I knew you were going to laugh at that. <laughs> the implant wasn't perfect. It would slip out of place and look all crazy. Um, Argent- Argentinian surgeon Jose Robles did a better job by placing implants between the middle layers of the butt muscles so that it would stay in place. Later, Dr. Rafael Vergara improved the implants even more by placing them closer to the skin. But this still wasn't the perfect natural looking butt that women dreamed of. Mm-hmm. Then in 1984, Dr. Patinge, Dr. Petongi published another article. And this one was detailing how he had used the fat from another part of the body to plump up the buttocks by suctioning it, cleaning it, then injecting it. And voila, the Brazilian butt lift was born was born. So the BBL, as it's called, mm-hmm. is a procedure where fat is removed from one area, maybe the abdomen, waist, thighs, or hips. Then that fat is purified somehow. Then the fat is reinjected into the buttocks to make them fuller. Mm-hmm. After Dr. Patongi introduced the BBL, a few other cosmetic surgeons started offering the procedure. But it really didn't become a commonly known or frequently performed surgery until the 2000s. Now, 2014 was dubbed the year of the rear. Big butts were definitely (laughs) trending. Mm -hmm. This is also when Kim Kardashian posed naked on the cover of Paper magazine, showing her giant round ass. And with Nicki Minaj and j among others, hyping them big old butts, the BBL became super <laughs> popular. And it still is. From 2015 to 2021, the number of BBL procedures done in the world grew 77%. Wow. In 2015, someone somewhere was getting a BBL every 30 minutes. Wow. Right. But like most things, there's also a dark history to the Brazilian butt lift. Mm -hmm. For one thing, it is said that plastic surgery in Brazil stems originally from eugenics, which is the ideology that strives for a perfect human race by eliminating people, races and quote unquote imperfect people who do not fit the definition like get rid of the dumb, the ugly, the slow, etc. Mm-hmm. Also, the BBL is statistically the most dangerous cosmetic operation. As of 2017, 25 deaths in the U.S. had been attributed to the procedure in the past five years. Also, when 692 plastic surgeons were surveyed <clears throat> in 2017, Three percent said they'd had a patient die after a BBL, which is a kind of a high percentage, I think. Mm -hmm. Apparently, the risk happens when the fat is injected into the butt. It can accidentally be injected into a large blood vessel, Mm -hmm. then travel to the lungs or the heart and block the blood flow, which, of course, can kill you. Now, in 2017, one out of 3,000 patients who had a BBL died shortly after. So in 2019, it was one out of 14,921. And in 2020, one out of 20,117. So it's definitely becoming less dangerous, presumably due to more training of the surgeons. Surprisingly, any board certified doctor can perform plastic surgery. There's no specific degree or certification that is needed for a doctor to identify as a cosmetic surgeon. Now there are certifications that one can get and then they can advertise as being a certified plastic surgeon, but it's like not against the law for, uh, you know, any board certified surgeon, right? Another possible downside to the BBL is the post-op care. It's important that you not sit on your butt or lie on your back for at least two weeks. Did you know this?
0: Yeah, I did. Oh um, the people gosh. that we know that have that have had them done
1: uh-huh. um,
0: and just that they were supposed to... So many people don't follow those instructions.
1: Oh, my god! The sitting,
0: but then also they don't follow... The dietary, right, and because they're supposed to, you know, they're getting this tummy tucked, yeah, tummy tuck, and then they, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen some not so pleasant, um,
1: outcomes or outcomes. Yeah, yeah. And
0: people just, I know, I'm not supposed to sit, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna go ahead and sit. People that just don't follow those instructions. It's like, well, and that's one of the reasons that they have to go. You know, they they travel Mm -hmm. and they have to stay down there so long because it's not like you can hop on a plane or in a car. You're not supposed to be sitting.
1: Yeah. So hang in there because we're going to get to that part, too. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's okay. So you have obviously you have to lie on your side or your stomach. You can only sit using the toilet. And even after those initial two weeks, there's a special pillow type device that you use when sitting. And it's kind of like a donut. But it goes more under your thighs. So after a little while, your lower legs and your feet just go numb. They say that it is not comfortable at all. And eight weeks after the procedure, the patient is finally allowed to sit normally. There's this really interesting video online where you see all these girls on an airplane kneeling in front of their seats with their upper body on the seat because they all just had the bbls done and they're heading home so they're all taking like the same position of like kneeling on the floor and then like laying on the seat wow yeah <clears throat> so here are a few random facts for our listeners okay. all right the average cost of a brazilian butt lift in the u.s is between eight and ten thousand dollars with the surgeon's fee averaging four to five thousand dollars, and that's according to good RX of all places. Um, the, the rest of the cost is anesthesia and uh, post-op care and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2019, 28,000 BBL procedures were done in America. One out of 10 cosmetic surgeons in the United States are in Florida. In Brazil, the public health system covers most cosmetic surgery, which is kind of great, but it also gives surgeons a bunch of low-income bodies to experiment on with little consequence. All right, our next little fact, Dr. Pitongi was one of the most elite Richest people of Brazil. He even owned his own island, which he traveled to aboard his private jet. And the island was called Ilha dos Porcos Grande or Big Pig's Island. Big, pig. Big Pig's Island. Jeez. Big pig's Island. Dr. Pitongi was the go to surgeon for the rich and famous but he also spent a great deal of time caring for the poor and providing surgery for those who could not pay. He honestly believed that every human being had the right to be beautiful, whatever beautiful meant to them. And that that was very important in life. So Mm -hmm. I can't really fault him for that. Right. Of course, when you end up with your own Island and your own private jet, that doesn't really hurt either. I'm sure. Right. 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 Um, The most popular places where people travel for the least expensive BBLs are Miami, Florida, Colombia, the Dominican Republic, and Mexico. Mm -hmm. And the last little fact I have for you is there are many recovery houses where women can recover after surgery. The staff there will cook for you, help you care for your incisions in your skin, give emotional support and transport you to and from your post-op appointments. Mm. So, yeah. So, like you were saying, a lot of people travel to get this done. Um, And this is, especially in Miami, I know that they have recovery houses. Um, They're privately owned, so you don't necessarily have to be a medical person to, you know, to (coughs) run one of these homes. Mm -hmm. And then people pay, like, per night, and they usually stay about two weeks afterwards. And, you know, that because, like you said, you can't necessarily travel home. You know, and it there's a lot of, you know, stuff that goes into that, right? And these houses, <clears throat> because this is what they do, they have like the garments that you need and the types mm-hmm. of, you know, bandages that you need and the, you know, they know how to help you go to the bathroom and all this kind of. Uh huh. So <laughs> and, and their furniture kinda, that you need. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they're like popping up like wildfire down there. You can find them all over the place. You can find them on Instagram. And um, just like anything else, there are certain ones that are, you know, get great reviews and they're wonderful and terrific and they're the best thing that ever happened to people. And then there's ones where it's like, whatever you do, do not go to this place. It's disgusting. It's Mm. dirty. They don't, you know, what they cook for you is disgusting, blah, blah, blah. So that is the history of breast implants and BBLs
0: that's very interesting um
1: Isn't
0: it yeah <clears throat> and it's a it's it's a commitment
1: absolutely right yes and, and I think
0: a lot of that you know like it's not like um you know somebody that gets a facelift and then they go out in the sun and don't mm-hmm. use the right products to keep wrinkles from reoccur I mean they're gonna happen obviously mm-hmm. you can your facelift isn't going to last forever. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're doing things to not take care of this thing that you spent money on, Mm -hmm. just like any, any surgery, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to rehab it and you got to whatever. It just seems like when you're, when you're dealing with the butt, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many, uh, there's just, I feel like there's so many things that could go wrong. Yes. You know,
1: Um, Yeah, and restrictions and ways to care for it, and you know, I mean, it's like a pet. Like (laughs) if you're not going to do all the things that you need to do to take care of that pet, don't get it in the first place.
0: Right, right. Well, and you've got like, I mean, I've known a few people that have had several tummy tucks.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: you know, and you know, we all go go through, you know, whatever might not take. That great a care of ourselves, but you—I guess you would think that you spent all this money. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Yeah. And went through this procedure that you'd, uh mm-hmm. you know, it's always been something interesting. Me, I used to say when I was little, like I have enough boobs and not enough butt. Can they just take some of my boobs out and put it in my butt? I'm like, they—they they probably can.
1: Yes, actually, they <laughs> you know, they can probably do
0: that. could. Yeah, <laughs>
1: right. yeah or I got all this extra hip here but I'd rather have a bigger butt well back
0: when I used to say that I didn't have like the
1: the stomach and the (laughs) vibe you
0: know what I mean it was just like I said these great big boobs and yeah no butt
1: yeah and I I really have personally I've gone back and forth about how I feel about just the general thought of cosmetic surgery you know like you know I used to always just feel like you know why would you go through that and Mm -hmm. you know on one hand it was if you want to be in shape exercise eat right blah blah blah. you know and then I also it was like you know just it's too bad people can't just feel beautiful however they look Mm -hmm. you know but I you know I've gotten to the point now where I've really changed my views and Mm -hmm. you know people There are people who can exercise and eat right and still can't lose weight. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it's not about BMI. It's about the shape, you know, like we were talking about earlier, like that hourglass shape, like some women can, you know, as soon as they start to get thin, they lose all their boobs and their butt you yes, know yeah. whereas you know when they start to get heavy they get boobs and butt but they also get a stomach and they right. just like if they feel like they just can't win and mm-hmm. you know now I just feel like whatever makes you happy honey like
0: mm-hmm.
1: if if you want to go get that tummy tuck if you want to get that BBL if you want to get your boobs done especially if you know if you can afford it mm-hmm. yeah. go get it and Take I'm it. A, yeah do I, you I, wanna
0: I do make I, yourself look how you want to look I feel that way too, you know, yeah. and because I, I feel like this is, it's kind of, it's body modification. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel that way about people that, you know, fork their tongues.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If that's the way they want, that's what they want to look like. They get the um, subderminal, sub, subderminal, <laughs> subdermal implants of like uh-huh. horns or, you know, get things mm-hmm. put mm-hmm. on, you know, just all the, I mean, all ball for those kinds of things. So right. why would I be for, you know. Yeah, you and I have that... quite a few
1: tattoos right you have a lot exactly. more than I do but we both have still, several it's like, tattoos it's so... like it's,
0: it's really no di- you know it's right. making your body look the way it wants I do like I I I mean I will stare <laughs> in amazement at some you know BBLs and, yes and uh tummy tucks that happen because that you know they've just because it's so foreign to me, because I've got like, I, I suffer from no acetal. You know what I mean? I just <laughs> yeah. couldn't even imagine what my jeans would look like.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or yep. how
0: would I even get them on with that booty? You know I mean? Right. Just like,
1: yeah. And I mean, just think of, I mean, there's plenty of, you know, clothing options. I mean, between Spanks, push up brawls, mm-hmm. and padded jeans you know, right. that make you look those ways temporarily. Right. You know, so you've got that, you know, if you're not really one who wants to necessarily go through the surgery, I I, I want everybody to be happy. So whatever yes. it takes for you to be happy, I hope that you can afford it. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. <laughs> you right. <know. clears throat> I would definitely, <clears throat> i get lipo. But if I'm going to spend the money on it, then I got to upkeep it. Right. So you can't just keep having that sucked out yeah (laughs) right yeah and they've
1: come come such a long way too I mean technology now I mean we hear the commercials all the time between cool sculpting and micro lasering and all this Mm -hmm. stuff I mean there's so many more options now than just literally going in under anesthesia and you know you have this big scar where they did this that and the other and Mm -hmm. so I mean I I feel like it's come a long way too too. (laughs) to To where it's, A, safer, and B, less obvious, maybe. So, but these BBLs do sound pretty awful. Like, the actual procedure itself just sounds pretty torturous. So Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, from what I was reading, it sounds like eventually, once they feel better, most people are so glad they did it. Mm Mm-hmm. Good for them. I would agree. I would agree. Whatever makes you happy.
0: I mean, one of these days, we're just going to be able to look like the Snapchat filter of our choice.
1: Yes. And I'm yes. looking forward to that. You're going to be the one with the monkey on your shoulder, aren't you?
0: I am. She's yeah. crawling around on my shoulder all the time, and my eyes are going to be really big.
1: <laughs>
0: and like a really tiny
1: chin. <laughs> really t- yeah. Really
0: tiny chin. I'm going to look yeah. like a Pixar character.
1: I'm just always going to have butterflies, like, across my forehead. <laughs> <Yeah. and laughs> forehead. They're just always going to be there everywhere so but anyway that's my little anyway story. well thank you that's what i, got I for i'm now.
0: gonna i got my research now i'm gonna so. do some do some studying up before i decide to go under the knife to have that that big big old booty a bbl my bbl yeah i think i'm i think i'm happy like i'd like to get my face peeled or something you know? <laughs> like do like more like dermatology type i think i'm just at at that point in my life
1: yeah skin and wrinkles is
0: yeah yeah Yeah. or just cover it all up with tattoos and then i don't have to worry about
1: there you go (laughs) all right homie anything else
0: no that's it thank you very much
1: we'll talk to you all next week
0: bye